Direct from Montreal, Canada, this is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Welcome to this episode of Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Joining me on the phone to talk about the 25th anniversary of Pride and Glory. It is the one, the only, Zach Wild. And uh, before we get to Zach, we have Michael Sterto, formerly of Lou Graham's band. Bonjour, hey, Michael. Mitch. Comment allez-vous? Bonjour, Mitch. Yes, and uh, I get every so often on the Rock Talk Facebook page that you are a top fan. So I am a top fan. I'm a big top fan. The, uh, the top fan of the number one rated music interview show in Greece. So there you go. Absolutely. I have my, my top fan medallion, diamond, token. So I'm recognized for that. And I'm very proud. Very proud of being the Mitch LaFon Army. <laughs> the Mitch Army. Yeah, there, there you go. Uh, but uh, let us quickly talk about Zach. Now, you know, Zach has a whole bunch of stuff going out. Uh, Black Label Society is going on tour, and then uh, you know the, who knows what's going to go on with with Ozzy later this later this year. I do ask him, so uh, stick around for his answer. But uh, Pride and Glory, this this album that came out in nineteen ninety four, celebrating at twenty five years. There is a new deluxe edition out that adds uh, the Wizard, Torn and Tattered, in my dying, and in my sorry, in my time of dying, uh, the Hammer and the Nail come together, and 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 so much more. Um, where do you sit in terms of being a Zach fan? You're a guitarist, as everyone knows. Is, is he something that you look up to? Is he something that you, you run away from? How, how do you sort of situate yourself in the world of Zach Wilde fandom? Uh, I'm a huge fan of Zach Wilde. Zach Wilde's playing, um, his entertaining, his, uh, his presence. I mean, he's, he's a very dominant guitar player, a dominant force in, uh, in, in the guitar world. And he has been since his inception, you know, joining Ozzy's band, um, incredible player, technically, um, super talented, you know, very, very diverse with his talent, not only a great guitar player, pianoist, piano player, pianist, is that what they're called? Um, a vocalist, uh, songwriter. I mean, the guy is, you know, equally adept in all, all facets. Uh, Big fan. I'm a big fan of, of everything he's done. Yes. Yeah, so, sorry. Right. So, so talk to me a little bit about this because uh, you are familiar with the Pride and Glory album, and it is more, Absolutely. I guess, it's more Leonard Skinnerish than it is Black Sabbath. Uh, when he left Ozzy, or when Ozzy did the No More Tours tour, and then there was no more Ozzy for a couple of years, and Zach and everybody in the band had to go <laughs> reinvent themselves. And this album comes out that is sort of country rock, southern country, or southern rock, I guess is the proper term. Did mm -hmm. you look at that and scratch your head and go, what the f Or did you go, oh, hey, this is interesting. This is different. I like this. It's unexpected. Yeah, I said all of that. I mean, when I picked up the record, I didn't know what to expect, especially coming off of, you know, his, uh, his work with, with Ozzy. Um, and you know, the more I listened to it, the more I loved it. It reminded me of, you know, old school seventies players where, you know, there was like, you know, it was freeform. They were jamming, they were, they were developing, you know, it wasn't like cookie cutter quantized, you know, to the grid. It was a lot of guitar playing, a lot of branching out. I mean, not only with Zach, but James Lomenzo, who was in the band and Brian Titchy, who, I mean, I couldn't think of a better trio to put together. Um, you know, Titchy being a monster, um, and, and his showcasing, you know, each each of those guys on that record with him and all complimenting each other. I mean, I just thought it was it was great. I mean, I listen to it all the time still today. And, and uh, you know, I just thought it was a great, great um, left hand turn to take 
Zach in a direction where people maybe weren't expecting it, but also solidifying his future going forward um, to to be a, a bona fide guitar hero who pretty much, you know, really changed the course of where um, where, where guitar was going at that time. If you remember when Zach was introduced, there was a lot of guitar players playing pointy guitars and whammy bar guitars, um, a lot of pyrotechnics, two-handed stuff. And in addition to Zach, there was another guitar player, Slash, who came out. Those guys were playing Les Pauls, two Marshalls, with very minimal uh, effects, and they kind of reinvented the guitar where it was going that way. So I think the uh, the Pride and Glory record just really cemented that future. And, and I mean, obviously, Zach's still around. He's still strong. He's still a powerhouse. He's still in demand, and uh, he's an amazing player, and rightfully so. Yeah, I, I agree. And I also think that it, it showed a great diversity because had he come out maybe just with a with a heavy metal album or something like that, people around that were looking at Zach and looking at what he could do would be like, oh, he, he's a one trick pony. He can only do the metal stuff. And then you, this comes out and you go, oh, OK, he's got textures. He's got color. He, he can he can handle other stuff. But I, I, I'll admit that at the time when it came out, uh, it was a very sort of confusing time with with you know the grunge stuff and all the all the stuff that I grew up on loving oh, sort of absolutely. right you know all all the Bon Jovi's and Def Leppard's and Poisons were sort of in 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 this great moment of flux, so I, I didn't sort of gravitate to Pride and Glory. But then Book of Shadows came, comes out a couple of oh, years later. Another, another incredible, another incredible record. Another well, that that's record. where I became a real real Zach Wild fan, not a Zach and Ozzy fan. We were we were of course Zach and Ozzy fans, but but this mm-hmm. is where I went mm-hmm. ooh. Ooh, I like this guy alone. And then because of this sort of softer, more uh, soulful, heartfelt album, I went, okay, let me go backwards and let me try this Pride and Glory again. And then then I went, ah, I get it. And, and it took me a while to get it, but I got it. And it, it's such, it, it holds up. I mean, it's 25 years later. And, you know, you hear a song like... Um, what is it? Hate my guts or hate, hate your guts. Mm-hmm. Whatever it's called. Yeah. 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 Uh, I hate, <laughs> you know, that song still resonates. It's, it's still, it's still, it's still, you know, um, I'm trying to think what are some of the other ones here? Uh, losing your mind. Uh, losing your mind's great. Machine gun man, uh, uh, toe the line. Um, his version of the Harvester, wizard. You know, Harvester, yeah. yeah. Harvester of pain, sweet Jesus, the chosen one. I mean, they're all, they're sweet all great. Jesus Trouble wine is, is great. So, so yeah. You know. And it's funny because they did, they didn't connect in '94. It it really took '96 '97 with Book of Shadows going. Ooh, I need more than what's on this album, and so I had to go backwards to get more. And that's when I went, ah, I get well, it. Well, like anything else, it, it stood the test of time, and 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 thus the 25th anniversary release. But the thing I love the most about about Zach is that he's very very has a lot of reverence for. Um, the people that came before him, his heroes, and and, it, and it's noticeable. I mean, he refers to everybody as you know, um, Father Iomi, you know, Pontiff, you know, whatever. He he, he goes he, and he holds everybody in high regard, not only in, in his playing when he cites them in his playing, but in, in his respect for them. And to be honest with you, as far as when it comes to Randy Rhodes, um, I thought, you know, no disrespect to J.E. Lee, who was put in a really tough situation, you know, being the immediate. Uh, uh, person that replaced Randy, but I thought Zach did probably the most, the most accurate and the most revered job um, of of playing Randy's material. I, I thought he did he did it very authentically, very respectfully, and 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 I mean, right on. I thought he was the best. 
the best person to replicate that 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 body of work the two Randy Rose records. So yeah, uh, you know, kudos to him. I mean, high yeah, praise he's, indeed. He's, so let us get over to Zach. Let's let us hear from him. And uh, well, here we go. Here is uh, the one, uh, the only guitarist extraordinaire. Le seul et unique, Zach Wilde. We are speaking with a guitarist extraordinaire, the one, the only, Zach Wilde. Bonjour, Monsieur Zach. Comment allez-vous? How no! are you? What are you doing, man? Father Mitch in the house. What's in the that? house, talking uh, talking rock and roll and all kinds of great stuff. So, you know, you've got the tour coming up with uh, Obituary and Lord Dying, which was uh, postponed but now happening. Um, you've got this Pride and Glory re-release that, that came out recently. Where would you like to start? So should we start with Pride and Glory? It doesn't matter where we start because it's all one gigantic festivist miracle. It Go. is. Whatever you want to do. You want to talk about black label lingerie for men, Pride and Glory, you know, obituary. Oh, yeah. You know, Which or dying. I mean, we, we got, there's so many festivist miracles going on here it's it's I'm, I'm bursting with country freshness let's go yeah or we could just start off with my washington redskins and your new york giants and and talk about the grimmest hits right there right i mean holy well f- or you, you want to speak about you know you know I don't, I don't know what types of depths of depression you want to enter but you know it is what it is Oh my God, it's 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 incredibly awful. But all right, let's go with uh, Pride and Glory. Recently re-released it. Oh, we just, or we'd much rather, I'd much rather talk about my beloved Yankees, you know. But you know, because hopefully we get there next year and 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 seal the deal. But uh, but carry on. Uh, what are we talking about? Pride and Glory here. Pride and well, since since we're talking about the Yankees, we will talk Pride and Glory because they are the Pride and Glory of New York. More championships than the Rangers, Giants, Mets, Jets combined. Than anybody. Right. No, anybody. But I'm talking combined. Definitely more than the Mets. <laughs> That's JD's team. But, oh, God. What a horrible But Yeah, but, uh, but go ahead. But so, right. yeah, the Pride and Glory Festivus Miracle, yeah. Yeah, so uh, let's talk about that and, and revisiting that, because this was an album that, that came out after the No More Tours tour, and 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 you had sort of been set adrift because I was like, uh oh, what, what do I do now? And, and you had Leonard Skinhead. Remember that good old band, the Leonard Skinheads? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, uh, I mean, it was a, a great, great excuse to get together, drink some beers, and play music from bands that we love. And, and now you you started doing the same with the Zach Sabbath thing. But okay, so talk to me about this because it, it was one of these moments where you were sort of like, okay, now what do I do now? And you went in this sort of country, not country rock, but more of a southern rock kind of vein. Um, going back. Was it? Did you always see it as as a one off? And we're just going to do this one album. We'll get Tishy in and send. And do, do, do. What, what's the story behind? Yeah, I mean, no. I mean, obviously. I mean, I love when we, you know, me, James, and, and Brian when we went up there and made the record. We had a blast doing the record. It was, I mean, it was super exciting. It was almost kind of no different than being moving out of your parents' house, which you know, I mean, it was my me having the shelter of having Oz and you know mom over there just you know because it's i mean ozzy's already the new york yankees it's already an established franchise so you know it's like being at your parents house so you know when you're when you leave and you have your own apartment now you you're the one that's got to pay the the light bills and you're the one that's got to pay the rent and everything like that so no it's definitely it was it was super exciting man for sure well it was a great album and, and i love it and of course it's endured the test of time 
do, do you look back at that time and think maybe you should have done a a a Zach Wild, you know, guitar hero in your face guitar metal kind of thing and, and, and sort of give those Aussie fans what they had wanted? Or was stepping out and showing people another flavor of yourself uh what you really thought? Yeah, I mean well well probably probably would have been easier if I would have done black label then as opposed to, you know, P and G. But I mean, no, I, I mean, I don't have any regrets with any of it. I mean, it, the whole thing is, uh, that's where I was at that point in my life. And, uh, I, I look back on it with nothing but great memories. Man. And, you know, I mean, like I said, it was exciting, like being out of your parents' house. So, I mean, uh, and not having the, the shelter of Ozzy, you know, so, uh, you know, scary, but like at the same time, it's just, you know, because here we are with Oz, I'm playing arenas and headlining festivals with the boss, you know, in front of a hundred thousand people doing, you know, gigs like that. And then when I'm with Pride and Glory, we'd be playing bar and grills, you know, and with people shooting pool and with about maybe 30 people in the place. So it, you know, it's like starting all over again. I mean, it, it, for sure, starting all over again. But people don't even know who Zach Wilde is, you know, where it's just like, oh, he played with Ozzy. It's like, oh, I didn't even know. You know what I mean? So it's just, uh, you know, yeah, it, it's the reality of that. So, you know, but I, 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 to me, I never looked at it like, I can't believe, you know, I'm playing bar and grills. It was just like, no, this is like awesome. Yeah, you know, sitting there in, in a van or whatever, you know, going throughout Europe, it was in a van in a U-Haul. You know, so, um, no, just, uh, I, I had a blast doing it for sure. Yeah. And I, and I wasn't suggesting that there was any regrets to it. Um, the band of course has, has this re re-edition or re-release. Do you think you'd ever do a second pride and glory? Do you want to get those two guys back in a room and do something like that? Or if not, get two other guys and do another uh, album in that kind of vein. Yeah. I mean, you, you never, you never say never. I mean, you know, and, and like you said, there was, there was, I'm still friends with James and Brian. So, I mean, the whole thing is there was never any massive fallout or any there. Just like, it was just so bitter and they, uh, no, it was none of that. So, I mean, it was just, it kind of like, it just ran its course. And then, uh, you know, for, for me, it was my first experience of like, you know, having your own record deal and then people with labels leaving and then, you know, then you're handed off to somebody else who's like, kind of like, eh, I'm not really even into this stuff, you know what I mean? Or whatever. So dealing with that, you know what I mean? But then, then again, I look on it now. I mean, it's all a learning experience. Cause if I would have known what I know now, I would have been like, oh, I don't care. I mean, this is what we need to do. And this is what needs to get done and make it happen. You know, you never point fingers at people and blame other people for things not happening. You know, no, it is, if it doesn't happen, you should be on top of it. You know what I mean? You you should be accountable for everything you do. You, you know what I mean? Whether uh, it's seeds or it fails or whatever. You know what I mean? So instead of pointing fingers, it was a label. No, no, it's not the label. It's you. You should be on top of that. You know, so you know, don't blame anybody else. You want the garbage to go out? You want the dishes to be done? Do it yourself. Well, you know, that was Tommy's job. He should have done it. I don't care, but Tommy's not here. You don't like looking at it? Do it. Clean it. Uh, I'm you know, with so, you. I mean, that's... I mean, that's how my you dad know, raised me. I, that's the way, yeah, that's the way I view things. So, you know, uh, but, you know, it was definitely, I look back on it now, you know, definitely, you know, 
for anybody in life. I mean, for all of us, you, you get things, people come into your life, things, situations come into your life and they're learning experiences. Either you learn from it or you can moan about it or you just go, yeah, okay, well, we'll, we'll do this to fix it. You know what I mean? So next time something like that comes around, we know to do this, you know? So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, to me, it's, that's why I said I don't have any anything about any of it. it. Just because the whole thing is, if it wasn't for any of those situations, none of us would be where we're going. You know what I mean? It's just like with The Rock, wanted to be a you know the wrestler, he wanted to be a football player. University of Miami didn't make it in the NFL, completely bummed. Then another door opened, and then here he is, one of the biggest wrestlers of all time, and then a massive movie star. Like that would have never probably happened if he had joined the NFL. You know what I mean? So you you, you got to look at the big picture of everything. So, uh, but no, I, I, that's why I, I look back at the Pride and Glory stuff and with nothing but like with Pride and Glory, great memories and, and a <laughs> lot of comedy and, and us laughing all the time and just having a blast with it. So, I mean, uh, but yeah, like you said, I mean, to ever do another one, it, it, there's always a possibility of that. Cause like I said, I'm, I'm still buddies with JMO and, and Brian and, and, and like you said, the guys didn't want to do it. I, you know, JD or Jeff or, you know, any of my other buddies, I mean, you know, with, with Zach Sabbath playing with Joey and Blasco and, you know, I'm just always jamming with my buddies. So, uh, yeah, there's always a possibility it could ever, it could always go down. Yeah. And I think we've come a full circle where, where, where there's a desire for, to hear that. And of course, the good thing about Pride and Glory uh, coming and going the way it did, that it gave rise to Book of Shadows, which, and, I, and I've told you this many times, is by far my favorite album that you've put out because it's it's just so incredibly heartfelt, so incredibly beautiful. Um, man, that, anyway. Uh, that, man, that well, book thank is, you very much. That, to me, it's another Festivus miracle as well. So, I mean, uh, but yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, if, if, if we were still doing the PNG thing, it wouldn't never led me to the book of shadows thing. You know what I mean? So I know you said it after we did the book of shadows thing. Then when I was sitting in limbo there going, well, what am I going to do now? Cause I was just like, what do I not ready to be James Taylor and be a singer songwriter and just play acoustic stuff. You know what I mean? So it was just, uh, and that's why basically black label was born out of that. Yes. Yeah. So, all right. So let's talk about uh, black label. You put out grimmest hits and you of course, uh, uh, famously told Billboard magazine that it was uh, done to confuse fans <laughs> because it wasn't a greatest hits album, but a, a grimmest hits album. Uh, yeah, because if I would have wrote greatest hits, they would have said this was false advertisement. They don't have any, first off, they don't have any hits, and they're definitely not great either. So this is obviously false advertisement, so that's the reason why we have grimmest hits. Right. So, actually, so let me ask you two questions on that. First of all, for a band like Black Label Society, how important is it to have a hit? How is how important is it for radio to have you in the top twenty or in the top forty? Because it seems to me as though the band and the machine rolls along despite radio, despite Billboard, despite. Are, are you in search well, I mean, of, of I a song? Anybody, I mean, yeah, it's, it's always it's always great if you can have a successful song or whatever like that but i mean but uh but if you don't you know uh you know i mean it's, it's weird i think you know you just got to play the music you love playing and i and like you know what i mean and and if you get if something you know people gravitate towards it and like it then great but as long as you're doing as long as you're playing what you love i mean that's 
But I mean, that's true freedom right there. Well, and, and I think the one thing that we can say about your career and your music is that it's always been heartfelt and always been honest. You, you've never been a contrived artist where A plus B is going to give me a, uh, this kind of song and it's going to make radio all, you know, you're not one of those, oh, let me outguess the, 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 the market. Um, well, yeah, I, I mean, but, I, but then again, you know, I think when you really think about all the bands that we love and, and the, all these successful bands or whatever, I mean, the whole thing is none of it's contrived in a way, you know, people going, oh, they sold out or I go, it's never selling out unless you're doing something that's against your will. You know what I mean? Like if you really enjoy a certain thing and you want to add that to your music or whatever, you're like, dude, I love this stuff. Then you should do it. You know what I mean? I mean, I've been in a position, you know, like with Oz and everything like that from Ozzy on where I've never had to do, I've never been told you got to do this or you got to wear this or you got to do ever, ever. I mean, I've been, like we do whatever we want to do and that's, that's about it. You know what I mean? So I think, you know, with all the bands that we love, whether it's Zeppelin, the Stones, Sabbath, uh, the Allman Brothers, Skinner, Bad Company, I mean, name it. Uh, you know, the whole thing is they just kind of like do whatever they want to do and then it runs its course and then, or whatever, you know what I mean? And then they're like, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm, I'm doing this now. So, I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, I, I think it's just as long as you're playing whatever you want to play, and that's that. That's that. So, uh, I'll ask you this. You do have these uh, dates coming up with Black Label in, um, well, end of February, early March. Before that, you're with Zach Sabbath. What is sort of the plan going into 2020? Is it to just tour with Black Label Society and then eventually we start thinking about a new album? Or is it is an album already in progress and it'll come out at some point? Oh, no. I mean, I mean, like the last record, I mean, it's just like, well, how much... You know, it's like, Mitch, you manage me. You know, you're, you're my business partner. It's just like, well, Mitch, how much time do we have for the next record? You're like, well, Zach, when you get off the road with Zach Sabbath or Generation X or Experience Hendrix or whatever we're doing at the time, you're like, you got about a month before the guys come out to the Vatican, to the Black Vatican. I'm like, all right, well, that's why I got a month to write a record. All right, cool. So every day you just start writing. You know what I mean? I mean, and we'll play, you know, just write some riffs or whatever. You know, you get inspired or whatever. You hear wild horses. You're like, oh, it'd be great if we have something like that. So, you know, you get inspired writing that, and then you you write a ballad or whatever, you know? So, I mean, I'm just saying that's usually how I go about writing. You know what I mean? You get you get inspired, and then you just start doing stuff. You, you know, it starts with riffs or whatever, you know what I mean? But, uh, but, I mean, that's how it usually always gets built for me anyways. It's always the riff or the music, and then you then you'll start singing a melody over it. And then lyrics are always last, but uh, yeah, I mean, I have nothing, you know, I have a batch of tunes laying around, but I mean, like usually what always happens once the fellows get out here and the energy of creating and everything, it's just it's a whirlwind of creation. The next thing you know, there's you write another 15 songs when the guys get out here. So, I mean, you could be jamming on the, on the acoustic or whatever, like some like knocking on heaven's door or whatever. Like I say, if it was never written and you're just singing a, a melody over like those three chords and you're like, I'm like, wow, what was that? Like, oh, I just knew one on it this morning. I was like, oh, you should record that. All right, well, let's record it. You know what I mean? So there you go. And you, you, you know, you end up writing a song called knocking on heaven's door. So, I mean, it's just, uh, that's usually how it goes about, you know, doing records. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, nothing right now. And then also we're talking about, you know, the boss getting better and going back out and touring with us. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, there's always something, always something in the works. 
which which I love. Which you love. In fact, I was going to ask you that. Uh, Ozzy is heading out on tour. He'll be in Montreal, I believe, in June. I don't have I don't have the dates in front of me, but uh, w- will you be part of the band? Because he used some other people on the album, which is fine. But you're still the yeah, touring came band. Out, I think it came out great. I, I think the album's awesome. The two singles that I heard are, are fantastic, so no complaints. Totally. But does that mean you're... Well, you... no, well, yeah, well, the plans are to go out with the boss, and then uh, and if that changes, then we I'll be either out with, you know, doing Zach Sabbath or whatever, or the Pride and Glory reunion or whatever, who knows, you know what I mean? Or like you said, the Black Label Lingerie for Men line, will be, we'll be putting that out. Well, you could consider a Kiss tribute. Put some makeup on and play "I Was Made for Loving You." That would that would suit you well. We could do we could do that as well. I've, I've thought that I, I always or thought we could it. just call the band we could call the band French Kiss and dress up as French guys as French pastry chefs with the Kiss makeup on. So let me get this: you would have a a a a, a baguette, a little and guess, mustache, and songs, and it's French Kiss, and the songs are all sung in French. That that that's there you a, go. that is a concept. Uh, what would be? I was made for loving you. Je je suis pour uh, amour uh, toi. <laughs> there, you, there you go. And it's called French kiss. So when people see it, they go, "Wow, it actually is French kiss." It's singing everything in French. Uh, yeah, hey, listen, this is how ideas are born, right? Uh, <laughs> oh my God, that that would be. Oh, uh, that that just just for the comedy value would be uh, epic. But we only. <clears throat> but this is another thing about the band. We only tour France. That's it. Or Quebec. Or Quebec. Yeah, exactly. It has to be a French a place. Or French, you know, yeah, French exactly. territories. Quebec. You know, certain ports of New Orleans. <laughs> Yeah, you're down in Shaku to me doing a t- uh But uh, let me quickly ask you here. Uh, you're, you're marking uh, the impressive 50 years uh, of the uh, Black Sabbath with these uh, Zach Sabbath tour dates. Uh, talk to me about about putting together this Zach Sabbath and, and, and bringing this music to the people and, and just delivering it with sort of the Zach Wilde flair and, and, and the band's sort of take on it. Is it is it just sort of a hobby kind of thing, you know, the love of the music, or do you see yourself at some point, you know, recording some stuff and and DVDing some stuff and turning it into more of a business rather than here's a group of guys hanging out playing music that inspires us? Uh, no, well, we're doing a we're we're doing a we're re-recording the. Uh, the first Sabbath record. So we're going to do the, we're going to record that record, me, Joey and Blasco. And uh, yeah. And I mean, that's already in the works. So we're going to go in after the tour and then like knock this record out. Okay. Yeah. See, I, I remember having heard that, but I couldn't remember if it was one of these wild internet rumors or one of these factual things. So it's factual. So you're, you're going to be re-recording that. Do you then stick, stay true to the original recordings and just make a carbon copy? Or do you say, hey, no, 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 no. We're going to add our little things to it, my little pings. Well, and yeah, my... it's just kind of like the way, yeah, I mean, the way we do it. I mean, the, the whole thing is when, you know, it, it, yeah, it's going to sound like us playing a record. It's not going to be, it, we're going to do it as close as we can. But, I mean, obviously, I don't think anybody's going to have any distinction going back. Is that the re- they'll listen to it and go, well, obviously, 
He goes, what do you think? Can you tell the difference? You, you know, people go, oh, yeah, the Zack Sabbath version compared to the, the real Black Sabbath version. They'll go, yeah, what's the big difference? He said, it's not as good. <laughs> so, you know, you shoot low. So, I mean, the whole thing is people already know that going in. So that's that's why we're not... We're not afraid at all going in and recording this record. Right. And by, <laughs> but by that, I mean, uh, in terms of it's not going to be like the country version or the uh, hip hop version. You're not you're not reimagining the songs and making them your own. You're going to just play them faithfully and it'll be that. Yeah, it'll be faithfully not as good, but uh, but it'll be that <laughs> uh, the, the, gr- the grim Sabbath. Um, I do know that you that you have to get going in a couple of minutes, but uh, 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 uh is that the first of many Sabbath records that you want to try to do and, and sort of have that as a side project? Or is it, nah, we're just going to do this one for fun and, you know, enjoy it, folks, and I got other stuff to do? No, I mean, the whole thing is, look at where it's at now. I mean, the thing the thing originally started off as just me and Blasco doing Sabbath songs because we were in these, uh, these, these metal all-stars gigs. And they, you know, the common, you know, the common ground amongst everybody, if you're in metal or you're in a hard rock band or whatever, part of your education is either Sabbath, Zeppelin, or Deep Purple. I mean, somewhere in there, you've learned one of these songs. So, I mean, you know, it's like if you're a classical musician, Bach, Beethoven, or Mozart, you know, like we just, does anyone know this one or that one or the other? You know, it's just like, yeah, 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 I, I, I know that one. So it was like Sabbath would always end up being the common denominator, whether we were like, oh, let's do War Pigs, NIB, and then we'll do, uh, you know, just throw it, it's like into the void or whatever. So we'll, we'll throw those in there and then people will be like, yeah, yeah, no problem. I know. Or, you know, I'll just uh, listen to the war, you know, into the void again and then we'll do it. So like we'd get there with no rehearsals and then we'd just end up doing them. Everyone would do their homework and know them or they just knew them already. So that's the, you know, so Blasco came up with the thing, you know, that was the common ground all the time. So Blasco would always go, I go, what tunes do you want to do? He goes, well, I think the drummer knows, you know, Sabbath. So we'll just do the Zach Sabbath set that was the running joke. So it started off as that. And now we're here doing tours. So it's a a beautiful thing. I mean, wherever, wherever the thing leads is where it goes. It's a beautiful thing. And uh, I will end on this because uh, we got to move along here, but uh, just real quick on, on football, Eli Manning, it looks like his time is done with the giants. How do you sort of look back on his career? One of the greatest uh, average Joe, Happy to have had him. How do you sort of look back on, on that? I mean, talk about Captain Clutch. He beat Captain America twice. So there's that. I mean, think about it. He had, he had to come. He had to deliver in those specific moments. So that's all you got to say. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a, listen, as a Redskins fan, I hate him because he beat us many times. And he's, he's one of those. Anyway, as we say in Montreal, merci, monsieur. Thank you, sir. All right, my brother. Probably next time I see him between Father Mitch, between the Zach Sabbath, the Black Label, Generation X, Experience Hendrix with the Boss. Uh, maybe it'll be French Kiss. There just might be because it, it, the chances are we'll see each other in uh, in Montreal, so it'll be very français. <laughs> awesome. There you go. Cheers, right, Monsieur. Well, anyway, it's always great talking to you, brother. You too. Have a have a good day. Cheers. Merci. Talk to you. Talk to you. Bye, buddy. Cheers. 
All right, perfect. Thank you. This has been Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. For more exclusive content and interviews, subscribe on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, and many more. Follow Mitch on all the socials, especially Twitter, at Mitch LaFon, and on Instagram, at Mitch underscore LaFon. Get your Mitch merch now at loudtracks.com slash Mitch.